Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we're discussing Season 5, Episode 2, Hello, Bandit. On this episode, the FBI gives Miami Metro a run for their money on effectiveness. Everybody lives at Deb's apartment. Quinn wears a wife beater, surprising no one. Well, bye, kids. And Dexter finds a new serial killer to occupy his time. What did you guys think of this episode overall? Hated and, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even. Uh, you watched episode one and you thought, well, it couldn't get worse than this, right? You'd think, and then life just finds new ways of punching you in the nuts. It's such a <laughs> steep decline. Like, the first episode, it was bad, but it wasn't the worst. This episode was like, well, shit. <laughs> so bad. What, what am I doing watching this? Like, do I even want Why to watch am I the still rest here? of the season? This episode is in the capable hands of our season six through eight showrunner Scott Buck. He wrote this one. Um, this pattern will continue. I saw his name and immediately just got it <laughs> upset. Like what I was watching, <laughs> and now I need to like f- fast forward through that part of it. Period, because I'm just gonna get pissed off every time I see his name. Fast forward. Uh, You're going to be pissed for a long time. (laughs) Live in the now. Well, the Uh, writing credit's always on the actual episode. uh, Yeah, it's like 30 seconds in. I'm just going to have to skip past all that, too. Yeah. You don't need that dialogue. (laughs) Dale will hit you with the recap. Yeah. Tonight's the night (laughs) that Scott Buck doesn't get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Scott Buck. Um, So Dexter is in the swimming pool reflecting on how his killing that man in the bathroom was on one of the seven stages of grief. There's an embarrassing still photo of Dexter's apartment complex at night that they use as a transition shot. Now, you can use footage of a place at night that you shot with a camera, but using a still photo that just kind of moves slightly to the left is really bad. Um, Astor complains that Dexter, Deb, and the kids are all cramming into Deb's apartment. Dexter says it's just until they can find a new place. Astor and Deb will be sharing the bed. Dexter's on the couch. Cody's on a cot. For the first time, Cody is not thrilled at something. (laughs) Oh, this disappointment. I, I I, I was totally ready for him to say, I get the cot? Because he always is excited about whatever it is that he gets. And this time he's just like... Yeah. Uh, Dexter tells Aster and Cody to get ready for bed so they can go to school tomorrow. Aster points out that she has none of her school things. Deb makes a pointed look at Dexter like, you didn't think about any of this at all, did you? Rather than make a list for Dexter, Aster wants to go to the house with him to get her things. Deb reminds Dexter that he has to be interviewed by the FBI... Cut to the next morning when they seem to be asking him about his whereabouts when Rita was killed. 
But they know he was at Arthur Mitchell's house during the raid, which is when the coroner said Rita was getting killed. They ask him why Arthur Mitchell might have wanted to target Rita. Dexter says, because he's a serial killer. End of interview. Wrapped it up real tidy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> they have him. They got him. Yeah. They're like, we know you were there. And you're just like, oh, shit, this could really go down. And then, no. They because could, Scott Buck's an asshole. They could have had another <laughs> moment, like in season two, where Dexter's on one side of the table and Lundy and Matthews are on the other side of the table, and you're sure that Dexter is fucked. And instead, it's just, uh, well, he was a serial killer. Never can tell with them. Ooh. You're free to go. <laughs> well, and the, the, the one investigator, she's so cloying and pandering, like, and we know that you were there the night he was arrested. You were helping. Like, it was just so... <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. Like, she was talking to a little kid in school. Uh-huh. Lundy was the only good cop. Two... <laughs> Oh, just, just Lundy was the only good cop. Just the FBI is terrible, and Miami Metro is terrible. So just everything is terrible. Law enforcement sucks in this world, um, <laughs> and people die in Miami sometimes. Sometimes they're murdered. There you go. That's the other thing I was trying to think. <laughs> Dexter walks through Miami Metro, getting Harrison back from Deb. Everyone wishes him well, and LaGuerta insists he take at least another week off. Dexter mentions to Deb that the grandparents will be over that night, so more people at the apartment. Angel asks Deb about the overcrowded apartment. She puts up a front and tells Angel it's temporary and that Dexter doesn't want his kids in the house where Rita died. The FBI tell LaGuerta that they've cleared Dexter. They mention that they have jack shit. The only real hint of a lead is Kyle Butler. The FBI guy cannot act. <laughs> LaGuerta mentions the murdered Kyle Butler. They're going to look into it further and keep her posted. Um, yeah, that guy is absolutely awful. He like, has like two lines to say to LaGuerta, and it's just like, Hello, I am the man from the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> he's somebody, he's got Buck's brother. <laughs> He's doing like the whole Ron Howard thing. Yeah. Scott Buck just brings in his brother, John Buck. Um, <laughs> he's, the, he's the Clint Howard of Scott Buck. <laughs> Where he's going to be like yeah. in the next episode is somebody in the background in Miami Metro. Yeah. Be a waiter in a couple episodes down the road. It's always Deb's death vagina is going to kill him. <laughs> uh. The uh, angel drops LaGuerta's mail and sees a bank account balance sheet. LaGuerta's pay is exactly $2,000 per period, and there's no other transactions in the account. The total balance is $268,000, 134 weeks of paychecks in this account. Dexter goes shopping for a moving van rental and sees a truck with some dried blood in it. Dexter rents the truck with the blood. Good. It's a good re- motivator when you're picking out your rental vans. <laughs> hey, blood. I'll take it. Yeah. Dexter is packing when Elliot comes in with Dexter's mail. Elliot says he wishes he could get his hands on the Trinity Killer. Dexter says, I bet. Elliot then goes on an endless advice rant about how being a single dad means giving up your career for your kids. 
Dexter drops the box of cutlery and pulls out a giant knife and looks up <laughs> fiendishly at Elliot. The moment passes. Dexter internally says he will sacrifice for the kids. The blood in the back of the truck calls to him, but he resists for now. Dexter shows up with the stuff from his house to unpack into Deb's. The grandparents are there. There's way too much food. Astor complains that Dexter only brought her reject pile, not the clothes that she would actually wear to school. Dexter says, don't worry about it, Astor. It's not like anyone will notice you. Boom. <laughs> Cody says he likes the apartment. It's like camp. Cody's back. Dexter says, boys are easier. <laughs> the the There's a just a series of events that um, just <laughs> don't seem to be how things work. Like the fact that he shows up with a couple of boxes for a whole house full of stuff. Yeah. And like the moving van is like, he, you know, he gets like the 14 footer, but it's like he doesn't even know what he's going to move or where's he going to move it? It's like there's just so many semantics of things that aren't necessary, but still bother me because they're done badly. The things that he needs to, to bring back actually don't require a moving van. Yeah. Like he needs Aster school clothes and their books and like that's it. And, and there's no Dexter room for anything car, else. Like just throw that stuff in the in the car and take it to Debs and make Cody sleep on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> but then how would he have found the blood? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they really had to orchestrate. They had to stretch so hard to orchestrate that. And most people would see that blood and think, "Oh, somebody was like loading a couch and cut their hand open." But you know, then there would be no story. Yeah, he even says that. He says yeah. probably an innocent explanation. Somebody sliced their hand open on a box cutter, and but we have so, to fill an hour no, of this shit show. Check it out. Yeah. So do you guys also not have a reject pile? Just me and Aster. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I mean, like most of Astra's room is her reject pile at this point. Like that's she's teenage stuck girls. Up with a teenager. So yeah. yeah. Uh, Dexter and Harrison can't sleep, so they go on a field trip to check the blood in the truck. See how <laughs> see how long that took to get to. Uh, Harrison likes the luminol, which is likely rotting his brain because it's toxic. Uh, uh, Dexter tells a story to Harrison about the murder in the truck involving an ogre killing a princess with blunt force trauma. Harry shows up to bitch at Dexter for not putting his kids first. Dexter says this is like how you put on your own oxygen mask before helping children. If he doesn't take care of himself, he'll spiral out of control. <sighs> <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. <laughs> Parenting, right? <laughs> there's so much dumb I mean Brooke and I are the only parents on this show but I think all of us can agree that everything that just happened was ridiculous stupid oh yes all of it every bit mm -hmm. I mean it's so hard to pick out of this episode like what was done horrifically and what was not done horrifically because all of it was done horrifically so where do you go it in my mind, the next logical move is for him to take Harrison on the kills with him, and then he just <laughs> turns him around at the last second before the blood splatter hits him uh, with a little, like, baby shield. Like a little, you know, yeah. like, oh my like, god. Like, what he's, he's going, he's going right. to cut up the bodies, and he's this got, just... like, that, that chest thing where he's just got the baby out in front of him. And it's oh, just splattered. <laughs> 
the baby Bjorn, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Very so exciting. much awful. So much that awful. That would have been a better show. That would have been the, better. The menus for this season on the Blu-ray are just the uh, the marketing photos for the season, which are Dexter and Harrison covered in like strawberry jam that looks like blood and the Harrison that's in the, in the, uh, in the marketing photos, a doesn't look at all like Harrison in the show. And which Harrison, there's two of them. Well, yeah. And B is so Photoshopped as to look like the Gerber baby. Like it's half illustration at this point. So there's just like this weird, like, like baby making an insane face. With strawberry all over him, and Dexter's just like, hey, 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 yeah. So bizarre. Well, and, wow. But at and least there haven't been any spoilers yet in the uh, in the menu. And he's taken a baby to sneak around and try to do this stuff. Babies cry. So I just want to also point out how stupid that is. He's trying to be sneaky, and he's whispering, "You've got a baby with you." Yeah, and then he's in an enclosed space. Split right. spring luminol right. with a baby. <laughs> with a baby. <laughs> like, there's so much that's just like, oh my god. When, you, when he's sneaking around with Harris and he hits him with that M99. <laughs> oh. Straight out. <laughs> oh, god. Dexter tracks the truck rental to a sanitation worker who takes care of removing dead animals. The blood is human. He sets up some roadkill to bait the guy whose name is Boyd Fowler. The guy passes a few innocuous questions about moving around a lot and other signs he might be a killer. The guy sees through the roadkill CSI style. He can tell the raccoon didn't die here. He mentions <laughs> defensive wounds on the paws. This guy put up a fight. Oh, my God. Here, here's, here's another <laughs> somewhat known actor that they brought in. Uh, Sean Hatasi, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't know. Yeah, and he's usually, I mean, he's pretty good. I guess he's not bad in this, but he does some decent work. This is so bad. Well, and also, when he's looking at the website, and it has a picture of the employees of the dead animal pickup, do they really <laughs> do that for dead animal pickup? I'm not thinking, it's not like you're, it's a law office or a doctor's office. It's dead Meet animal pickup. kill workers. <laughs> right? Like, so stupid. Yeah, uh, that just that just made me laugh out loud because I'm like, seriously, they don't do this. Uh, that's just like it's for like an Uber, you know. Like you have to see a picture <laughs> of the person that's going to show up because otherwise you could be murdered. Oh my god! Yes, here here it comes. He's going to pick up your roadkill. It's like the Uber of roadkill. <laughs> Jesus is coming for you. Uh, Quinn is filling in Angel at a crime scene. It's a female victim. Well, part of a female victim. It's a head. The show thinks this is hilarious. Uh, Angel asks <laughs> Quinn, hypothetically, if a married person discovers the other one has a large savings account, should they share that? And Quinn says, fuck no, you tell her to keep her hands off it. Quinn tries to tuck in Deb's shirt tail. Deb says that Astor kicked her all night. He mentions that she's welcome to crash at his place if it will help. And uh, my note here was, I picture Aster not sleeping, just kicking Deb every time she falls asleep. I thought the same thing. 
<laughs> she's got a lot of anger to work out. She's just like, they're just kicking her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, that's All great. Long. Aunt Deb. Aunt Deb. <laughs> a latina uniform officer tells deb the way the head is cut up looks like santa muerte saint death she says the message means you saw nothing you say nothing the eyes and tongues are removed uh deb's a condescending bitch to her quinn found the body at the other end of the park dexter can't find an online guide to dealing with children whose mother bled out in a bathtub Dexter finds out that Boyd Fowler inherited his home from his parents. Deb returns and Dexter gives her a clinical rundown of everyone's status, including Aster, telling Dexter she hates him. Deb says so it's everything as usual. Deb gives in and calls Quinn to sleep over. Quinn tries to kiss her, but she pushes him away. Deb says I came here to sleep, not to have your fat little sausage fingers all over me. Which is rude. Deb tells Quinn thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Deb tells Quinn that the FBI thinks that Kyle Butler, some friend of Arthur Mitchell's, is the key to finding him, but they can't find Kyle either. She says they're having sketches done. Quinn thinks the name sounds familiar, and Deb reminds him of the unsolved murder that they worked on a few days before on the show's time. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh. so bad. <laughs> they're just not getting anything right. It's just they moved, I mean <laughs> they moved Rita from the bathroom to the graveyard. Like there was no <laughs> there was no time in between. Yeah. Uh Dexter and Cody are making pancakes. Asher comes out in a better mood because the scene calls for it. She goes to set the table, accounts too many plates. Dexter tries to reassure her, but she wants her mom and her house back. Cody yells at them both to stop fighting and leaves in a huff. So does Aster. Where do they go? They're in an apartment. <laughs> yeah, Cody goes to, like, the bathroom. Like, literally, he walks into the bathroom, and Aster walks back into the bedroom where she came from. But, yeah, there are very few places to be in that apartment. It's a house of mirrors! <laughs> Like there's actually like craft services is where the bathroom is, so <laughs> Yeah, it's all an illusion. <laughs> uh Quinn asks Deb if they're ever gonna talk about what's going on between them. Deb says she's not the kind of person that would ever have sex with Quinn. It never happened. Quinn says that's weird because I remember, and Deb leaves. Masuka is doing a shitty job of blood spatter analysis. Deb suggests the machete, and Masuka cuts some crazy jagged slice through a dummy's neck. And declares it a match. <laughs> Angel tries his hypothetical married couple savings account story on Deb, who tells him it's her money, end of story. Miami Metro is called out to yet another crime scene, a guy with a massive gunshot wound in the head. Masuka is pissed the guy made such a bloody mess. And <laughs> this victim's wound is one of the goriest on the show so far. So, when we first started this podcast... <laughs> I we were so much younger and <laughs> optimistic so much and hopeful. <laughs> so much hope. I remember Obama me. was still president. <laughs> I thought it was Reagan, actually. <laughs> I remember thinking Angel was one of the better characters on this show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we, it? we thought that, yeah. What? the fuck was I thinking? 
because no way is this sad piece the great character that I remember. I was about to point out a different inconsistency. Masuka keeps whining about the blood and how he doesn't want to be around the blood and he can't deal with the blood. He's worked with the blood several times throughout the series. Yeah. Yeah, he went into the uh, yeah. ice truck killer hotel room with Dexter. <laughs> right. He was fine when it was just buckets upon buckets. Just if it's a little bit of blood, he hates the blood. He's a bumbling the, idiot falling down in it. Like, uh, did we forget that he's call for him to hate blood yeah. like it does in this episode. Death of one is a tragedy. Yeah. It's, it's just like how <laughs> Aster's in a terrible mood, except for that one scene where she needs to get from a good mood to a terrible mood so she starts in a good mood. <laughs> Consistency is key with the show. Yes. Scott Buck, everybody. Uh, Scott Buck. Yes. Buck you. Uh, the Latina uniform is there again. Deb tells her the machete turned out to be true. Gwen finds a picture of the deceased with a woman. He tells Deb that she looks like the woman they found with no eyes or tongue. Gwen thinks it was a murder-suicide. Deb notices there's no Santa Muerte stuff there. She asks the uni what she thinks. She thinks Deb's right. A chunk of brain matter falls from the ceiling onto Masuka. He asks when Dexter is coming back. Dexter checks out Boyd Fowler's place. He's found a drum of roadkill sweltering in the Miami heat. Fucking gross. He has nothing in his cupboards except one kind of soup and one kind of tuna. Dexter finds a loaded gun, something a convicted felon can't have. Fowler gets home and starts listening to a self-help CD. Dexter finds that the door to the attic is locked and barred. He finds a lock of hair in a room and tries to, uh, as he tries to make his way out of the house unnoticed. So none of you guys just like one type of soup, just me and that guy? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm getting really... One-sided here on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach, there's something weird about that. Oh. It's like in the old Sorry, Popeye buddy. cartoons. Whenever Olive Oil <laughs> opens up her uh, her wardrobe, and she just has like 30 of the same dress. Yeah. And she always wears the same thing. She's like, which one? Right. This one. Uh, <laughs> Deb tricks Quinn into looking at a house for Dexter. Quinn figures it out and pretends that he and Deb are the ones house hunting. Dexter follows Boyd's sanitation truck out to the middle of nowhere. Boyd dumps a barrel into a marshy area near some other abandoned items. Deb calls Dexter. The kids never went to class after the counselor. Dexter finds them at the house, staring at the bathtub where Rita died. He apologizes for not bringing them back when Aster asked him to. Aster yells at him for giving them hope. Just when they had settled into life without a dad. Now it's his fault that their family isn't what she wanted. And Cody says, it's not Dexter's fault. (laughs) Fucking God, you complete me, new Cody. It all comes full circle. Uh, I don't don't know how to process this. It's like the last episode with Cody for a long time. And here he is just completely redeeming the season one Cody. Telling Dexter it's yep. not his fault. Uh, I mean, this this is the best writing we've had <laughs> since the Trinity Killer. 
since uh, Rita go died. Go yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aster tells Dexter she wants to live with her grandparents. Cody forgets to say anything else. Otherwise, he would have he would have disagreed, but he just walks away. Uh, Quinn gets a copy of the FBI's Kyle Butler sketches from LaGuerta. Angel ambushes LaGuerta in her office with her savings account. She says they never discuss things that deeply. Angel says he pictures them at 80 walking down the beach hand in hand. I guess with Icy's and Cuervo again. Angel's feelings are hurt. He says, I get it. I'm irresponsible. He walks into the bullpen and announces drinks tonight are on him. This whole storyline is terrible. It's so terrible. Uh, I don't care at all, at all, about their money. I don't care at it's all. It's two seasons now. Two seasons we've been saddled with this story. This they just story. got married. Now they're fighting over the freaking money. I don't care. Yeah, like a week ago at this point, maybe. Oh, God. Yeah, it's insane. So... Dexter tells Deb that Aster and Cody are going to go back to Orlando to live with their grandparents. Cody didn't want to go, but Dexter told him about his relationship with Deb and that it's important that Cody and Aster never split up. Nice one, writers. Deb says that she never would have made it without Dexter. Dexter says he was trying to make it work. Dexter says he was trying to make it work. Deb calls Quinn and and says they had sex. Quinn asks if it was good sex and if they're going to have more. Deb says she has said all she wants to say. Quinn is folding the sketches in on themselves. It's so juvenile. I'm sorry. It just gets so, deeper and deeper, man. We had sex. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was there. Uh, Angel is getting Masuka drunk. Because apparently he was the only one that went out with Angel. Uh, some guy tells Angel that LaGuerta is a sugar mama. Angel punches him. The guy manages to miss Angel and punch Masuka somehow. Angel is dragged off the guy after beating him pretty soundly. Dexter is sending off the kids. Cody hugs him and asks to stay with Dexter again. Dexter says for now he has to go, but they'll still see each other. He says Orlando's not that far. Cody says, yes, it is. Yes, Cody. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> Dexter says the children connect him to what he can never get back. Aster leads Cody away. Dexter tells Aster that her mother loved her more than she can imagine, and Dexter could too. Dexter opens the drum in the water and finds a dead woman inside, which, hey, that was the Blu-ray thumbnail for this episode. Jeez. Spoiler alert. was the dead woman, so there you go. End of episode. Thank God. God. <sighs> Sweet, merciful crap. Yep. Um, well, it's not, it's not Dexter's fault. It's got bucks. <laughs> yeah. Thank Cody for pointing that out. Um, this was directed by John Dahl, who directed 16 total episodes between seasons 3 and 8 of Dexter. It was written by everybody's favorite, Scott Buck. He becomes the showrunner next season. Things go horribly wrong even more. Um, who also worked on the Netflix Inhumans miniseries as well as Iron Fist, which are both dead. Um, best line of the episode. Um, I'm going with the fat little sausage fingers all over me. <laughs> 
I actually really like the line uh, where Aster said that, uh, you know, we got used to not having a dad. And you made us feel like we could be a family and, and we could we could be happy and, and now everything's ruined. I, I actually like that line. I also picked the fat sausage fingers line. That was a good one. <laughs> I did. There wasn't much to choose from. Sure there was. <laughs> you have to go with it's not your fault, Dexter. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a pretty good the one. ultimate line. Uh, worst yeah. line of the episode. Anytime oh, Angel talked this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's is true. What I have down. I went with when Dexter says it doesn't matter how much I love my children, I'm still a creature of the night. That was yeah. just so hokey. That's so Scott Buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott Buck is such a creature of the night. Something. <laughs> uh, I had the one, but the online guide for dealing with children whose mothers bled out in a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, too much. I've always dreamed about seeing her naked, but not like this. <laughs> uh, the uh, Chicky Hines memorial performance of the episode. I give it to the kids. Aster, Aster and Cody. It's their final episode, damn it. Not forever. <laughs> I went with Just Aster. until the writers figure out something to do with them again. But yeah, I would give it to Christina Robinson, who yeah. plays Aster. Yeah, I would say Aster, for sure. So that, that does it. Hey guys, we made it through a Scott Buck Season 5 episode. We can do this. We can, we can do this. <laughs> 46 more to go. Uh, thank you. You say so. <laughs> for podcasting with me, and uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Dexter. <laughs> <laughs>